0: Hi Mark, welcome to China Money Podcast. Well, thank you very much for having me on your program.
1: We're sitting here in your beautiful home in Chiang Mai, in Northern Thailand. And the walls are all covered with pictures of the Cultural Revolution and the Maoist China. So obviously, you're focused on China. So tell us, how is the Chinese economy doing right now?
0: Well, basically, in order to understand China, you have to go back a long time. The growth in China between 1990 and especially after 2000 up to today has been mind-boggling. And now the growth in China is obviously slowing down. So it backfires on the countries that supply China with all kinds of resources. but. I wouldn't be too worried about Chinese uh, uh, a problem in the near term. I think it's solvable. It's… Uh, it, hopefully it is painful because China needs, society needs from time to time some pain and then uh, they can take… then the economy takes off again.
1: Now let's move on to the Chinese stock market. What are some sectors that investors should avoid in China?
0: I mean, everybody's so negative about the banks and yes, I think the banks have some problems, but equally it's a sector that has been neglected. And I wrote uh, last month in my report also about Macau gaming stocks. I don't think there is a rush to buy them, but basically after having declined in some cases by more than 50% from the highs. Uh, Macau gaming companies are probably in the buying range. And concerning properties, I'm sure there will be some good value in also Chinese property companies. I prefer to play Chinese, uh, the Chinese property market through Hong Kong companies that have developments in China or Singapore companies. Relative to the US, China has now become inexpensive. And so we had now recently this huge bull market in Chinese stocks with colossal speculation, I have to say, a lot of speculation. Now, it doesn't mean that the whole thing will collapse and make new lows. But I would imagine that after this burst of volume of account openings and speculation, we could easily have a significant correction. I mean, I bought China Life, an insurance company. I think I paid around 21 Hong Kong dollars, and now it's uh, close to 40. I mean, it's almost doubled in less than six months. I think it can easily drop 20,
1: 30%. We have seen more of a two-way movement for the Chinese currency, the RMB. How do you think the currency is likely to perform for the short-term and also the long-term?
0: That will depend on numerous factors. One thing I'd like to remind you, in the Asian crisis of 97-98, all Asian currencies basically went down against the US dollar meaningfully, but not the Chinese currency. And now I believe that if other Asian countries would really follow the example of Japan and, uh, with in, in a moment of madness, try to boost their economies through a depreciation of the currency that maybe China, if the economic conditions in China were very weak, that is the precondition, unless if there is a credit collapse, you know, an economic crisis, Uh, If there isn't, I don't think the Chinese will move with monetary measures to lower the value of the currency. That I doubt. Some people are very bullish about the US dollar and they think that there is a cyclical up-move in dollars and that the dollar will stay strong for the next five to ten years. That is not my view. I believe if the dollar continues to strengthen here, what will happen? is that uh, the Fed will initiate another easing program, QE4, QE5 and so forth, to lower the value of the dollar. There's a misconception in the world when people talk about currency wars. There's no currency war. There is coordinated uh, policies by central bankers to essentially print money. And uh, it is conceivable that China will not participate, that they will rather take the hardship. Besides that, even if the dollar would decline, or say, well, put it in another way, if the Chinese currency appreciates, say, another 20% against the Japanese yen and against the euro and so forth, I don't think that it's a disaster for China because they buy resources. Then they process these resources, and they sell the finished products on somewhere else in the world. So with a strong currency, they buy cheaper resources than other countries. And therefore, my inclination is to think that the Chinese will not print money.
1: China had 324 billion capital outflows in 2014, and that trend is still continuing. Are you concerned?
0: I don't buy entirely the argument that the capital is leaving China because of loss of confidence in China. I think it's partly diversification. Some people have made a lot of money and they want to have some assets in another jurisdiction. I think it's like I'm Swiss, I don't have all my money in Switzerland, I have some in Asia and some in Canada and so forth. If there was a complete open capital account I would imagine that the currency would rather appreciate than depreciate because a lot of money has left also because the capital account is closed. In other words uh, if you open it some money will flow back because they know uh, we can do something in China and if uh, conditions change we can take it out. If you can't take it out then actually it's an incentive to take it out. (laughs)
1: Mark, thank you very much for your time.
0: Yes, my pleasure. Thank you.